Church, Andover Campus, in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Would you join me in prayer? Holy God, thank you for this time where we can come and worship you in spirit and in truth. Open our ears, our hearts, and our minds to hear from you today, Lord, for we are here to worship you alone. I pray, Lord, that you would speak through me, and if necessary, speak in spite of me. We give you this time. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I were to ask you if you've ever been tempted by something or someone, I think I'm saying, excuse me, I think I'm safe in saying every one of us would say yes. Even as a child, I remember my mom making homemade cookies and putting them out on the counter and leaving the room. And I would wonder, would she notice if I took one or two? Who can resist, or more, right? <laughs> Who can resist homemade warm chocolate chip cookies? Today's scripture makes the reality of temptation all too real. Even Jesus was tempted. And as we go further into this Lenten season, the understanding of how Jesus was tempted and how Jesus withstood temptation are words we can cling to. Throughout the passage, Jesus shows us the key to resisting temptation. It's not convincing ourselves to try harder. It is fully and completely in our relationship with God. Remember, right before we get to the passage today, we witness the baptism of Jesus. The incarnate Jesus goes down into the waters of baptism with sinners. And we hear the Father speak as the heavens open up, This is my Son, whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. Last week, Teddy was with you, and he preached on the transfiguration. And we hear God speak these words again, and he adds this phrase, Listen to him. Well, as you were encouraged last week to listen, let me encourage us to do that again. For with every temptation, Jesus responds in ways we need to listen. The passage begins with, Then the Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so that the devil might tempt him. The word then links Jesus' coming temptation with Jesus' preceding baptism. Jesus, who was incredibly blessed through the waters of baptism, will now be incredibly tested. This shows us that even though we are baptized, even though we have faith, even though we love Jesus with all our hearts, minds, and souls, we too will be tested and tried. The Spirit doesn't specifically lead Jesus into temptation, but into the wilderness to be tempted. We may struggle with this idea that the Spirit would lead someone into this. But the Spirit is able to lead us to wherever the Spirit desires. 
We all know life is not easy. Life is not always mountaintop experiences. And I think we'll see here how important it is to know God when we are in the wilderness, when we are in the valley, when things are not going exactly as we'd hoped. It was after Jesus fasted 40 days and nights that the tempter appeared to him. The number 40 is not new to us. Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And although not new to us, we may cringe at the idea of fasting for that long. Many of us can't even think about going without a meal or fasting for a day. So it's not hard to see why the tempter would come the way he does in the first temptation. Jesus must be hungry and weary. Going, out with, going without food for this length of time makes someone without energy, makes it hard to concentrate, makes it hard to be alert. And this is how the tempter comes. The CEB says, since you are God's son, other translations say, if you are God's son. No matter, though, there is this tone of sarcasm, this tone of doubt that the tempter places. Well, since you think you are the son of God, go ahead and turn these stones into bread. The tempter comes to Jesus in his point of weakness. Jesus is hungry. And not only does the tempter encourage him for a way to bring food, he places these seeds of doubt. Author, minister, and theologian Frederick Buechner says, doubt are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it awake and moving. Doubt is not necessarily bad if it draws us into scripture, closer to God and closer to one another. It keeps us awake and moving. And here the tempter is trying to get Jesus to meet his own needs in his point of weakness. The devil is trying to get Jesus to prove he is the son of God. But Jesus answers, it is written, people won't live by bread alone, but by every word spoken by God. Jesus speaks straight from the scriptures he knows. He's been raised on the words of the Old Testament and he knows them well. He is able to rebuke the tempter by quoting scripture. And he begins all of his rebuttals with, it is written. These aren't just ideas Jesus thought of in the moment. These are the words of God handed down through generations as the living, breathing, moving truth. And Jesus knows them inside and out. Notice Jesus doesn't say people won't live by bread alone. He is not disclaiming that we need bread, that we need nourishing. But he is also making the very truth that we must live by God's word. Saint Jerome says, if anyone is not feeding on the word of God, that person is not living. Friends, are you living on God's word? Since Jesus did not fall with his, the first temptation, the devil has to keep going. He takes Jesus to the highest city, to the highest place, and says to the holy city, since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. This time, the devil isn't trying to tempt Jesus through his weakness, but through Jesus' strength. It may seem funny that the devil would come at Jesus in his strength, 
but that is often when we are least prepared to deal with temptation. We think we have it all together in our strengths and we aren't looking for the pitfalls. The devil is sneaky in that way. The second temptation is full of holy things, holy city, holy temple, and the devil even uses God's holy word. The devil knows the scriptures. The devil is attacking at the very heart of who Jesus is and who God is. In his commentary on Matthew, Frederick Dale Bruner says, in this temptation, Jesus experiences one of the most surprising sources of radical evil in the world, the perverse use of scripture. The devil is not only at work in the wilderness, he's at work in the temple as well. The very place we don't expect the devil to show up, he does. In this temptation, the devil is trying to get Jesus to prove his faith in God, not just in word, but in action. Come on, Jesus. You say you believe? Prove it. Throw yourself down from here and call on the angels to save you. I can almost picture the scene in the movie A Christmas Story where Flick and Schwartz are arguing over whether Flick's tongue will stick to the frozen pole. The devil is triple dog daring Jesus to prove his faith in God. And Jesus, unlike Flick, who does take the dare, responds, it is written, do not test the Lord your God. That feels like a mic drop to me, but the devil, he's not done trying. The scripture goes on and says, then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all these if you bow down and worship me. Notice the movement of the tempter. He takes Jesus from the wilderness to the top of the temple and now to a very high mountain. This is exactly opposite of how the spirit led Jesus. The spirit led Jesus down into the waters of baptism and down into the wilderness. Bruner says the Holy Spirit's way is not so much up into the fascinatingly great as it is down into the ordinarily mundane and into the way of cross and suffering. And here the devil is now attacking Jesus at his core, his love for God and God's people. This is a part of Jesus' calling, the work he has come to do, lead and love. The temptation here is to make our work our God. This one cuts at the core for me and possibly for many of you. It's hard for us as Christians to distinguish between the work we do for God and God himself. We are tempted to think that if we work hard enough, we will advance God's kingdom. But we have to remember it's about God and God's work and not us. God makes the move. God may choose to use us, but the subject is and always will be God. Because Jesus loves the world and loves the people in the world, this is a very real temptation. But it's important to know that Jesus' love for creation and us is a love ruled by a love higher than the immediate situation. He is ruled by a love for God. And so Jesus responds again and with finality. Go away, Satan, because it is written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And here we are told the devil departed. 
Remember Teddy's sermon last week? Listen to him. When Jesus speaks, things happen. And throughout all of these temptations, Jesus speaks the word of God. So here we are today, reading about how Jesus was tempted and how Jesus withstood temptation. We know that each and every one of us will be tempted again and again, whether it's food, drink, relationships, the temptation to share something on social media we aren't sure is real. Every day of our lives, we face temptation, and we too can withstand them as Jesus did. Bruner says, if Jesus finds his way into ministry and through temptation by remembering scripture and sacrament, the church should not think she can find better ways. Something I've heard across First Church over the years and all of our campuses is the way to draw closer to God, and I will add the way to withstand temptation, is to have an active prayer life and regularly read and study the word of God. Jesus fully relied on his relationship with God and with his knowing the word to withstand these temptations. And he did so right as he came from the sacrament of baptism. During this season of Lent, many of you may have given something up, maybe something that is or has been a temptation for you. Let me encourage you that when that temptation arises, stop and pray. Don't just give something up for the sake of giving it up. Use that time to meditate on God's holy word. Use that energy to pray and commune with the triune God. If you're struggling this morning with temptations, as you come to the table, let me encourage you to meet with a very present Jesus who is ready to walk through this with you and to help you through this temptation. You don't have to walk through any of this alone. Not only is Christ ready and willing, the body of Christ, your church family, is also ready and willing. I think one of the worst temptations we face in our world, especially in America, is the idea that you have to do it by yourself. This table, this table we will come to proves differently. We come together. We come to fill ourselves with the relationship of Christ. We come to fill ourselves to be ready to face the temptations that will come. Chances are right as we walk out the door. But Christ walks with us, and we walk together. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks that we don't have to walk in this world alone. We thank you for Jesus, who came and who lived, who experienced everything that we experience, who understands our temptations because he was tempted. Lord, help us cling to the words that Jesus spoke, to the words of the scriptures that you have given us, Walk with us. Meet us today and in every moment of our lives. We pray all these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.